Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Greetings, listeners, and welcome to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm your host, Ty Kersley. And I'm Josh Chaden. This show is named The Lawsuit for Survival in Reference to the Landmark Case, Joaquin Oliver versus the USA, that was brought by Global Action on Gun Violence and our fellow GDP group, Change the Ref. It's the first human rights suit to protect the right to live free from gunfire. Manny and Patricia Oliver, whose son, Joaquin, was killed in the 2018 mass shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, are lead plaintiffs in the case representing Change the Ref. The unprecedented action seeks a ruling that the U.S. gun policy violates human rights law and deprived Oliver's son of his right to life. And as you'll hear in our in-depth interview with Manny himself, the case was filed in the Inter-American Commission on Human Rights, which is an independent legal body of the Organization of American States, which will now focus an important global spotlight on this unique problem of gun violence in America. In the gun violence prevention news, there is another international case brought by the same organization, Global Action on Gun Violence, Mexico versus Smith & Wesson. Then Sarah Germain Lilly and Sean Stefanik bring us an update on enough plays to end gun violence. But first, the In remembrance of Richard Henderson, 45 years old, January 14th, 2024, Brooklyn, New York. Next month would have marked the 30th year that Richard and Jakiba Henderson had been together. Henderson, a father of three and a grandfather of two little girls, was fatally shot aboard a number three train in Brooklyn after intervening in an argument between two other passengers over loud music in the car, the police said. Richard Henderson, who worked as a crossing guard at a private school in Manhattan, had been watching football with friends and was returning home to Crown Heights on the subway. He was shot as the train was nearing the Rockaway Avenue stop in Brownsville. The police said just three stops from his own, he got shot stepping into an altercation that he had nothing to do with, Jakiba Henderson said, adding that her husband was known for standing up to bullies. He died a hero. He died doing what he did, taking up for the weak. Anthony Williams says he relives the moment he watched his friend bleeding to death each time he shuts his eyes. Henderson was on his way home with Williams after watching an NFL playoff game. I'm still nervous. I don't sleep. Not too good. Not good, Williams told reporters. When I close my eyes, I see Richie, my best friend, Williams continues. I see him bleeding to death and the train wouldn't stop. We just want to lay my father to rest peacefully, his son Richard Jr. told reporters. He was a wonderful man, hardworking man, grandfather, loving father, uncle, and brother, in addition to his wife. Henderson is also survived by his three children, Richard Jr., Lavina, and Janaea, and two young granddaughters. As the family grieves, so do the students at the avenues of the World's School in Chelsea, where Hen Henderson was a crossing guard, a job he loved, always smiling. He was the one getting everybody dancing, pulling everyone onto the dance floor to get the party started, Jakiba Henderson said. He liked Biggie Smalls. That was his man. The two met when they were young teenagers, Jakiba Henderson said. She was out on a date with a friend of Richard Henderson's when her future husband's smile caught her eye. He had the prettiest white teeth, she said. I stopped talking to his friends and I started talking to him. 
Our hearts go out to the family of Richard Henderson, the president of New York City Transit, Richard Davies said in a statement. This is another sad reminder that gun violence has no place in this city, he said. The MTA is cooperating fully with the investigation to ensure that the perpetrator can be brought to justice. Shootings on the subway trains are rare and make up only but a small fraction of the gun crimes in New York City. Richard Henderson, we remember you. This is Radio Gag, the Gays Against Gun Show. You can hear us on any podcast platform. We want to hear from you. Subscribe and leave a message after you listen. Tell us what you love about Radio Gag or what really makes you gag about gun violence. Next up, the gun violence prevention news. Today's news piece comes out of Washington, D.C. from the Global Action on Gun Violence with the headline, Landmark court decision allows Mexico's unprecedented lawsuit against gun manufacturers to proceed. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the First Circuit became the first court to uphold the right of a sovereign country to sue the gun industry, and the first federal appeals court to allow gun manufacturers to be held liable for facilitating gun violence since a U.S. gun industry protection law was enacted in 2005. The court ruled that Mexico versus Smith & Wesson et al., the first lawsuit by a national government against the gun industry can proceed, which reverses a trial court ruling that held that the federal gun industry shield law, known as the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act, or the PLCAA, prohibited it. Mexico's lawsuit against six American gun manufacturers seeks to hold the companies accountable for facilitating gun trafficking across the border into Mexico and contributing to gun violence in that country. Global Action on Gun Violence's president, Jonathan Lowy, is co-counsel for Mexico, along with Texas-based litigator Steve Shadowin. Mexico filed its suit in August of 2021. U.S. District Court Judge F. Dennis Saylor IV dismissed the case, holding that the PLCAA gives the gun industry immunity from civil liability in the U.S. In its appeal, however, of that dismissal, Mexico argued that the PLCAA does not provide immunity for harmed causes abroad or where gun companies violate the law. The court agreed with Mexico, concluding that the country has made a strong enough case that, quote, defendants, the gun companies, aided and abetted the knowingly unlawful downstream trafficking of their guns into Mexico. The court remanded the case back to the trial court where it will proceed into discovery. And for our listeners, the Global Action on Gun Violence, GAGV, is a nonprofit organization with a stated mission to work to end global gun violence through litigation, international action, and advocacy. To find out more about their work, please visit actiononguns.org. Welcome, listeners, to Radio Gag. What a privilege it is to be here today with my good friends and way more than friends, people who inspire me, and I know inspire you too, so much. So we're here today with our uh, Gays Against Guns team. I'm Sarah Germaine Lilly. We have Josh Jaden. We might get a little Kathy Marino Thomas in on the call, and uh, <laughs> she's waving. And most importantly, most honorably, we have Manuel Oliver, who is the father of Joaquin Oliver, and he's here today to tell us about the lawsuit for survival, for our survival. So uh, welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for being here today on Radio Gag. 
Thanks, Manny. Uh, I guess our first question for you is, how did your partnership with the Global Action for Gun Violence uh, and the Civil Rights Clinic um, there at Georgetown Washington University School of Law, how did that come about initially? How did you conceive of this joint effort? Well, thank you for the invitation. Um, it's always a pleasure to speak to you guys. That was, um, so this is how things happen. I was um, already obsessed with the idea that um, gun violence in the United States was a discussion that was staying inside the United States. Um, even knowing that some dual citizens like Joaquin uh, lose their lives to gun violence in the United States. So I um, my my address my way to address this was, or my thought process was like, um, if we have an American citizen shot down in another country, that will be a big deal for us as a nation. Uh, but when it comes to whoever dies inside our borderline, then we just move on. That said, um, I I saw these, um, I gotta be honest, amazing graphics from an organization, um, Global Action, and I, I was like, who made this? I, I'm very attracted to nice graphics and cool graphics. And this was like, they nailed it. So I wanted to meet who with the team behind those graphics and behind those statements. It was exactly what I was looking for. Mm. And and that's how I was introduced to, to Jonathan Lowy. And um, to my um, surprise, he was doing the same thing on his side. He also wanted to meet with whoever was behind change the ref and uh i guess that that it was meant to be like that we met we had a meeting in mexico we were both part of a, an international delegation and after mexico we started working together and we came out with this project so tell us a little bit about um where the lawsuit currently stands in the court system, sort of using layman's terms for all of those non-lawyers in our listening audience. Well, so so here's the thing. Um, this lawsuit it's is coming together through the um, Organization of American States. Mm -hmm. And many of us are very familiar with the Organization of American States, but a lot of people in the United States don't know what this is. I gotta be honest. Um, it's been uh, underestimated the the power and the and the impact that that a group like this one could have on on different societies all across the continent, American country, because we. But that's another another thing that uh, some people still don't get. America is beyond our borders. It's all the way from uh, the very north of the continent to. Patagonia in Argentina. So mm -hmm. all these nations are part of this organization of American states. And, and they have principles and they have articles, just like the United Nations has. Mm -hmm. And and we're supposed to follow these principles and articles. And according to these principles, the United States is failing on protecting human rights. Why? Because we are allowing the gun industry 
and 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 guns in general to um, have like a green light, uh, the untouchable industry, and it's been protected by the system. So the only way to address this, after trying several ways in here, by mm -hmm. by in here I mean in the United States, right? It's with another entity, higher and different, and and that's why we. I was so excited when I it was it was tailored for change the ref and Joaquin, you know this mm -hmm. approach. Uh, me being uh, from South America, Venezuela specifically, um, it, it's it's my comfort um, uncomfortable zone. Mm -hmm. I can now um, complain about gun violence in the United States, in other nations. That are already affected. So the bottom line is that the um, the human rights um, of the Organization of American States cannot force the United States to change their law, but it can certainly write down a report mm -hmm. that will at least make the system and 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 the uh, United States of America government be honest for once. And, and accept that they have failed on Joaquin's basic human right to stay alive. Right, and what what does the, what where will that report go? Who, who will see that? And what's the sort of um, process that will happen there once the report is put together? Sure, so let me, uh, in order to answer this in a, not so technical way. I'm I'm going to try to use my own way of explaining these. Please do. I I think that the process of every single action that we do, the process by meaning the moment you think about an idea until you execute that idea, it's as important as the final result. Okay. Mm -hmm. This this lawsuit was going to take years, eight ten years. Mm -hmm. What we can do during those ten years it's very important like how do we pull up the level of the lawsuit itself we are addressing a new entity and and all of us in here we have been in congress knocking doors senate knocking doors supreme court demanding signs climbing cranes getting arrested and this is a new thing. I want leaders from other nations to make statements. And I think that will create awareness here and also outside. This is a perfect opportunity for other nations to judge the United States of America as a nation, as the most powerful nation, which is something that we love to do, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, usually you will find the United States leaders pointing their finger at Mexico, Canada, South right. America, Europe. Nobody knows how to do anything. We yeah. know how to do things. We're so arrogant when it comes to, uh, um, you know, judge what other systems are doing. Well, it's time for everyone else to point their fingers at us. And that will be, my friend, the most important part of this, the process and what happens during that process. Now I can go to the... Um, Organization of American States headquarters in DC. And I could bring 
200 students. And, and the whole um, crazy members of Gays Against Guns. And we just stand out there. It's a new location where we can demand change. Mm -hmm. And in this case, it's not going to stay in that, you know, corrupted group of people that refuse to expose the message. Now we are talking to the whole world. Now mm -hmm. we can make actions in other countries. Now we can go to Ciudad de Mexico and make an activation with local groups. So I think, again, the process is what is going to create such a level of awareness mm -hmm. that the final result, it's more than welcome, but we should be able to achieve a lot during that time waiting for the result. Right. We can get more value out of that global stage than we ever could from a simple report. That's that's amazing. And I think that's a great way to think about it. Um, Is there something sorry. like the Bill of Rights or um, our First Amendment or Declaration of Independence? You know, we all know the statement life, liberty and pursuit of happiness. And we see our government failing to uphold that. But um, where do we where how do we access these tenants that uh, for the um, I'm sorry, I want to get it right. How do we access those type of tenants and laws at the global action for? I'm sorry, I'm getting it wrong at the Organization of American States. So how do we access that at the Organization of American States? Well, it's just like when when you go to the United Nations and I and I did um, last year, one of the one of the things that I did was going to the United Nations and and we had a whole tour inside the United Nations. And, and you can see on their walls, um, their principles, articles of the United Nations. And you can go online and you can find everything that the United Nations stands for. A lot of it is symbolic. I mean, it, it's really basic that if we're going to do something together, we're going to respect human rights or the basic human right of people to, to be alive. Uh, uh, the, the, the right to be free, the, um, we will um, punish um, um, slavery, um, the right to, of movement, so you can go from one nation to the other. And, and there's a lot, there's a, there's a huge list. Same thing happens on, on the side of the Organization of American States. Um, again, most of them make total sense. They're not they're not asking for uh, things that are, oh my God, what, how can we do that? No, and that's the beauty of this. Um, sometimes we we go out there and we fight for things that are so complicated. They require people voting and, and there's consequences, but this is the basic right to be alive, to survive. The human, um, um, basic right to lead that Joaquin had um, applies to Joaquin and to every single victim, by the way. This is, I mean, I, of course I was going to call it Joaquin Oliver against the United States of America because the name, the title of that is awesome for the process. Um, but once again, Joaquin is representing everyone. So um, there's a lot of people that have been signing the lawsuit. 
And that's uh, a, approval to and, and support to, to Joaquin's lawsuit and, and people from all around the planet, which is exactly the new um, angle that we're putting here. We need more and more people being offended and ready to fight back gun violence in the United States. So if we can recruit people from all around the world, that's amazing. Okay. How can our listeners to Radio Gag, people who support preventing gun violence, reducing deaths and injuries, how can we support the lawsuit for survival? Well, um, you can go to Global Action on Gun Violence, and uh, there's a there's a number one. You're gonna you're gonna feel that someone is doing something different. Okay, I love when I find people doing something different. I'm, I'm a little tired of the same old techniques. Uh, I cannot say that about Base Against Guns, by the way. But a lot of groups have been doing the same thing for decades. And I don't know why. Why, why are you going to keep on trying something that is not showing progress as the solution? It, what about... So, so, so the first huge, amazing, happy surprise is that you're going to see um a new ways of addressing this and now you can be part of it uh there's a great video and an amazing campaign that we did uh very simple but very powerful um which i think is also uh, um, something that we should start studying how how can we simplify our fight uh so everyone can understand it um and i want to i want to um extend this uh so this is what I feel when I go to a restaurant, for example. I'm sitting down, I'm talking to someone about gun violence, and and then I, I ask the person that I'm talking to, do you think the guys on the table next to us know anything about what we're talking about? Do you think they are aware of that? They're watching the game. They're not concerned about it. So we don't have enough people concerned about this. We need to expand the message, and it's not an easy thing to do. When you go to global action and gun violence, you will see that. You will see that it's a way to get more people involved. And the more we are, the more power we have. So uh, there you can sign. And it's not like signing for the petition. Uh, it's just signing, signing, adding your name. As simple as that. Um, no one's going to be sending you stuff after that. This is about... I don't know. It's uh, it's um, I think it's an old school of doing things mixed with the technology and 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 of course the knowledge of lawyers um, and the passion that Patricia has in all this. All that together, it it, it makes total sense to me. Yeah, and showing our showing our numbers, right? Like how strong we are as a united effort. It's important too. Um, I think we have to urge people to show up to these events as well. I mean, we have to expand the amount of physicality that is present at these events. I mean, if you believe in liberty, you would believe in uh, in Joaquin's ability to live. And I think that is a strong message, one that we should amplify. You know me, Manny, just tell me where to be when and I'll be there. But I think other people need more inspiration than that. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for a final uh, approval of a hearing 
So what, what happens with the Organization of American States is that they have, of course, their, their annual meetings. And they have it in different places. They have headquarters in, in other countries in, in, in America. And, but the main headquarter is in DC. So there is a meeting um, by the end of February. It takes a whole week. And, and you can ask my lawyers uh, ask for a hearing. So that's interesting because now we are bringing, and, the, and this is where I want a lot of people outside of that place. Um, and, and it's a hearing, it's a one-on-one. One-on-one between Joaquin Oliver represented by me and, and Jonathan Lowy and Patricia, and then the United States of America represented by someone. And, and we, this is where I show things that we have done. Like this is when I can play Joaquin's voice or Joaquin's video or, or anything that one of the multiple things that we have been doing since the last almost six years. So I will let you know once I get that final, um, this is happening. And and yeah, we they they're not expecting uh, this. No one, no one thinks that other nations can probably influence our citizens to think different. I really believe that that's totally possible. Um, I I have seen um, like in Europe, for example, how they criticize. They don't understand what's going on in the United States. How, how can that be possible? How And honestly, we can ask ourselves a thousand times, why? how is this possible? Why am I speaking about this six years after I lost my son? 300,000 victims of gun violence ago. And I'm still talking about this. I, they don't get it. And I think they're ready. They just need a little push, a little, hey, guys, now you can help us doing this. We're killing people. We're, we're, we're sending guns to Mexico, traffic guns all day long, thousands of guns. They end up in the hands of the cartel. So if that's, if that's not um, um, influence, bad influence from the gun manufacturers, then tell me what is it? I've been living here my whole life and I don't get it either. <laughs> I mean, God, it's unbelievable. I was talking to a former FBI director, Catherine Schweit, um, earlier this week, and she emphasized that there's a bill before Congress right now to enforce, to get um, gun dealers, the FFLs, to take account and make sure every night that nothing has been stolen so we can account for stolen weapons that are the ones that are trafficked and used in crimes. I mean, what, how could we not do that? And, you know, and the, and the level of violence is so strong that you really don't have to look very far around in your community before you find your neighbor who is a survivor, whose son, nephew, daughter, grandmother was killed. And, you know, we have to be compassionate. Otherwise, we're not alive, in my opinion. You know, so yeah. it's a huge, huge wake up call. And people say it's unimaginable. And people say they can't think about this. And it's a difficult subject. 
I'm sorry, it's your life. It's your life too. And we got to care. Let me let me uh, just um, try to explain in a graphic way what's going on here that you just said it, but for the very basic concept of it, there, there are on, on, on border states like New Mexico, um, Arizona, Texas, um, there are gun stores, retailers, gun retailers that sell not one AR-15, but 20 AR-15s uh, to a person that has a, a background check, has, and it's a, it's, it's a good, it's what they call a good guy, a responsible gun owner, goes there, buys 20 AR-15s, then drives all the way to the border, and there's a transaction between this person and the uh, crime, organized crime in Mexico. He makes a nice profit, and then he goes back, and those guns were lost. You were just saying that, guns were lost. That happens every single day. Sometimes the same person can purchase several times, 10 AR-15s, um, 11,000 ammunitions, like, it's crazy, and no one talks about that. We keep saying that we need a wall. Never mention that we need a wall to stop sending guns to Mexico. So we're we're taking care of this ourselves, uh, and and we everybody needs to know that this is happening. Everyone, there's no way to buy a gun in Mexico. You don't go you don't go walk through Mexico and there are gun shops. That's how it is. There's an entity receiving the guns. Three percent of them, you know, get mixed with corrupted uh, corruption organizations uh, from the government. But the other ninety-seven are actually coming directly from these retailers that I mentioned. So important to educate people on that fact. I mean, please tell us how Gays Against Guns can help you to amplify that message. I think that's the that's the little nugget here to push out. Gays against guns always find the right way to do things, um, and 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 I'm being totally honest. Uh, you are you have everything that is required. You're disruptive, you're badass, and uh, you don't you're not afraid. So I, I and you're not um, you don't follow necessarily the rules. You break the rules. That's great. That's all. All it takes. Um, now that you know that this is going on, and, and by the way, we we do a lot of things together. So now that we know this, um, let's find creative ways to do it. You you have everything that an organization needs to cut the bullshit and get things done, and I celebrate that. Excellent, and we're right there with you. Tell me about the show you're doing here in New York. Oh, the show, the show. That's my. Uh, favorite project uh, from Change the Rap. It's my personal time with Joaquin. Um, I, I, everybody knows that I like to, I like to talk to people. In here, I have an hour of me talking to people with total <laughs> attention. Um, so it's great. Non-rally can give me that opportunity. Like I can ask people to be silent, sit down, shut up and turn off your phone and listen to what I need to say. So that's the magic of theater. Uh, we are going back to New York, uh, United Solo Festival. It's gonna be uh, March 8th, 9th and 10th. We have three nights this time. 
and I will love uh, as many people as possible to go and and witness. I call it the unthinkable takes the stage, because you said it at the beginning of the conversation. Uh, oh, I can't even imagine. Can't think about it. Well, it takes the stage, and I'm going to help you imagine it, and maybe save you from going through it. So I, I please uh, try to get your tickets, United Solo Theater Festival, uh, New York City, March 8th, 9th, and 10th. Fantastic, fantastic. Let us know if you need our illustrious white clad folks to show up there and we'll do that for you. I'm telling you now, right now. So everyone <laughs> is listening what you just uh, okay. offered. But and I just they all listen to my answer. Stuck my foot right in it, didn't I? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anytime for you, Manny. Anytime. Thank you, my love. Well, Manny, from the stages uh, here in New York City to the global stage, thank you so much for your time today on Gays Against Guns. And we can't wait to see you here in New York. And for all our listeners, please join us March 8th, 9th, and 10th uh, for Manny's show. Um, and thanks again from all of us at Gays Against Guns. Thank you, guys. Thank you for everything. So Josh, how would you describe the possible impact of this lawsuit? You know, like I said in the setup for the show, I think what it will ultimately do, and Manny's point of view is so spot on, is that it'll bring uh, that global spotlight on this problem that we have here in America that is bleeding out of our borders. I think we're seeing that uh, uh, more and more with these court cases now, uh, especially with the work that um, GAGV is doing. Uh, where other countries are suing American gun manufacturers, where American citizens are suing the American government. I think it has far-reaching impacts. And what I'm really excited personally to do is take part in that movement that Change the Ref is building in their case. Great. I mean, the implications also of any kind of accountability, but the fact that it could be done from outside the mm -hmm. U.S., inside the U.S., even the, the recent case of the mother of the Oxford, Michigan shooting uh, was found guilty of manslaughter, holding the gun owner actually accountable. All of this just fits in great with our push forward for safer gun laws in the U.S. Couldn't agree more. Uh, holding those accountable uh, is what it's really ultimately going to take. Ladies and gentlemen, so much of what we do with Gays Against Guns is about or centered around having a conversation about guns and gun violence and about being able to ask about it in a way that can be understood and, and in a way that we can come to terms with it collectively with other people. But how can we communicate certain feelings and messages to people in a way in which we can share them? Maybe sometimes it's not our words, but somebody else's. Maybe it's not our story, but somebody else's. As in theater, which is a very powerful way to communicate and translate. Last November, fellow radio gagger Sarah Lilly and I were very fortunate to take part in the annual performances of Enough Plays to End Gun Violence. Sarah, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about that and a little bit about what's coming up in the next month for us? Thanks, Sean. These plays are written by high school students from all across the country. They cover every different subject that you can imagine about gun violence. 
there is a, there's a young woman who is a, a victim of a school shooting and it follows the play follows her through her life that's a lightning strike there's a play about uh, the principal's office and the manic attempts that we adults make to supposedly keep people safe keep children safe with more weapons and uh words that really have no meaning there's a play about a mother and father who just lost their trans son and are packing up the things in his dorm room packing up those things and saying goodbye to their child who was killed by a gun so it really covers the whole gamut and it really feels like we are expressing the stories of youth from all across america when we're working on these plays did you have a favorite um, that you picked out sean when we were when we produced it in november I would have to say uh, it would be the first play, The Matter at Hand, which is the play in the principal's office, because it is both a hysterical satire and at the same time, it's the kind of story and the way that it's written, it's going to make your jaw drop. It's really quite true in its representation to an extent, and it's also very upsetting. So I think not, not just from the good, clever writing and your very wonderful direction and the great cast that we had with the short i think the fact that it touches on so many different themes it makes it funny but also you know underscores the seriousness of it and we get a good idea that something very shocking and not normal is going on here in this world and in this matter at hand as the title suggests so that that's my favorite one yeah yeah well, we are performing these plays at Theater for the New City. That's 155 First Avenue in New York City. And the plays are going to be presented February 22nd to the 25th, the 22nd to the 24th. The show is at 8 p.m. And at 745, we're going to have some special music presentations for each evening and then on sunday the 25th the uh, performance is at 3 p.m it's a matinee and we'll also have some music at uh, 2 45. so we are really hoping that you'll come out uh, that you can support our project that uh, these voices of youth from all across the united states will be heard because as some of the characters say why is this still going on? And the answer is because we have not changed it. No. And I think that um, theater and uh, telling these stories and these presentations is a very good way to talk to audiences, you know, by way of this story and these experiences. And of course, there was a positive response back in November and I'm certainly hoping that you know we you know can reach out to more people and you know if nothing else they in their own lives can start a conversation too because it doesn't hurt to have a conversation 
We've got to be able to talk about this before we can change it. And that's one thing that Enough Plays to End Gun Violence really does well. So thank you, Michael Cody, the uh, director from um, Chicago. And thank you to uh, Manuel Oliver for partnering to make this project real. Thank you to Playscripts for publishing the plays. And thank you to all of these wonderful playwrights. So please come and visit us at uh, Theater for the New City, 155 First Avenue, between February 22nd and February 25th, and see these wonderful plays. We'd love to have you. To find out more about working with us, please follow us at Gaze Against Guns NY on Facebook and Instagram. We meet once a month at the LGBTQ Center on 13th Street in Manhattan and on Zoom. Please email gagsignup at gmail.com and we'll provide you with a Zoom link and details for our next meeting, which is February 22nd at 7 p.m. Everybody is welcome to any and all gag events. And you can donate to Gays Against Guns. Currently, we are producing a documentary about Gays Against Guns by filmmaker Paul Rowley. You can find a link to donate on our Instagram. Well, it's time to end our show. Thank you for listening, and we are back with a new episode almost every week. Upcoming shows will feature a series, The Economic and Social Costs of Gun Violence. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on any major podcast platform. Our shows are also featured on Brick, that's Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. Please subscribe to our podcast so you'll be notified when new shows drop. And now we leave you with our fabulous singing quartet, Sing Out Louise. Have a great and safe day. So pitiful the NRA, a cult of guns and greed, and Congress only blocks the way and watches while we bleed. America, America, 100 die each day in suicide and homicide and all we do is pray so pitiful the kkk still marching in their sheets while michael brown and freddie gray get murdered in the streets america america you just can't get it right why can't we see equality for black and brown and white so pitiful the toxic trump you lie with every word you russian whore you stupid chump your cabinet is absurd. America, America, it's just a TV 